Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe, Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell of Dogs 24-7. And this is our, I don't even want to call it a pregame show. You kind of reserve that for a Saturday morning before the game type situation. Uh, but this is our Missouri game prediction show. All right, this is all Georgia-Missouri. We're going to get heavy into early signing period next week to start next week and what's going on there. But this is all Georgia-Mizzou. Personally, and I'm going to get to this a little bit more later on, I think this is a pretty big game. Uh, Missouri's riding a hot streak. Georgia hasn't played in a couple weeks. This is a big one, and and it's a big one just to get a win. And I, and and it's it's big to kind of finish the season eight and two and beat another team with a winning record and all that stuff. It's all stuff I kind of outlined to begin the week. JT Daniels, everything. Uh, but but as we do almost every time we're discussing a game, Rusty, I, I just kind of want to know as you've thought about this game this week, what have been your thoughts on it? Well, offensively, for what they did last week, um, you know they scored what forty. Vandy, I mean, of course, was a you know, it's a pretty bad year for them, but scoring 50 on Arkansas was 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 impressive to me. You know, uh, beat LSU early in the year in a shootout, scoring 44, 45. I, the thing I'll tell you is, man, they'll run a trick play in a heartbeat. I mean, they unload the playbook every week. And, I, you know, I don't know that I looked at the schedule early in the year and said that here's a team that's going to be five and three playing Georgia. Uh, but, look, you're going out there. It's an early to what eleven a.m. kickoff. It's gonna be cold. I looked at the forecast right before we did this. It's gonna be mist and rain. You know, this is this is gut check time for Georgia. This is who who's there to play because Missouri. This is this is a massive game for them. I, those kids will be ready to play. A lot of momentum from last week uh, with that win against Arkansas, and they're gonna be excited to play. I, I'm interested to see where Georgia is and. You know, how checked in are they? You know, because you go through a game last week where you get canceled at the last minute. You have another week of practice. Um, you know, certainly we've talked a little bit about the culture. And, Jake, I saw you talk about, you know, Jordan Davis and Richard LeCount coming back. I thought that was a great point. Shows you a little bit. But we're going to find out Saturday because if Georgia's not ready to play, they could take an L in Columbia. And the thing is, it'll be their first. It, you know, Georgia and Missouri don't have this long history, but since 2012, when Missouri joined the SEC, that first game, 2012, Georgia gets Jarvis Jones goes into orbit and and puts the team on his back, basically. Um, and Georgia wins that one. It blew them out in 2014, blew Missouri out in 2014. Uh, they come away with the win, last second pass, Jacob Easton, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, something – Georgia fans, I think, probably have don't would not remember. Uh, William Ham kicks the game-winning extra point there, blast from the past, loses his job a couple weeks later, and then uh, and then Georgia goes out goes there a couple years ago, and uh, Ben Cleveland gets hurt, but they still uh, get a uh, fourteen-point win at Missouri. So Georgia has had a lot of success at Farrow Field, but Rusty, when I look at it. So there, there are six teams in the SEC right now with a winning record. There's Alabama, Florida, Texas A&M, Georgia, Auburn, and uh, uh, Missouri. And Georgia has the distinct uh, uh, privilege 
of playing four out of the five teams that aren't them, that aren't Georgia, that have winning records in the SEC. It's it's lost two of them. It's won one of them. And that, to me, is one of the one of the few things I look at in this game that makes it so big is because Missouri is actually a good football team at this point. They've gotten better as the year's gone along. Eli, Eli Drinkowitz is doing a good job there. And they've won three in a row. They've won five out of the last six. And, and things are kind of looking up for the Tigers. And, you know, Georgia, Georgia's got a couple in a row. Uh, big blowout went over South Carolina. Uh, JT Daniels kind of giving the offense a spark. And I just think that if you're looking at momentum and Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban and all those coaches out there, um, they're going to coach this offseason like this is a brand-new team and, and none of this matters. But the perception does matter. And if you're talking about perception of your program, um, it, it doesn't matter how you prepare anything like that. It matters where you start the season, how you're looked at as far as the college football playoff when those rankings come out and all that stuff. Georgia needs to win this game. Because if Georgia goes one in three this season in a regular season against man. teams with with winning records, that doesn't look good, man. man. That doesn't look good at all. You don't want to lose the week before National Signing Day either. I mean, I know the SEC championship usually that game, but I mean, a game like this, I mean, this is a game you're supposed to win. And I'm telling you now, this this game right here. The more I dug into it, the last 24 hours, this is this, this has got potential to be a four quarter last drive type deal i'm telling you that this one this one would would have me nervous real nervous if i'm on that georgia staff we'll get into the matchups a little later on but uh um rusty i wanted to ask you just just kind of one more thing about this missouri game and you know kind of georgia's you know we we talked about the culture and you said this you know this game will be big if you had to if you had to kind of say Yes, Georgia shows up. Georgia's ready to play. Georgia really wants this or not. Based on Georgia's history, how, how would you how would you look at that? I mean, how, what what would you kind of call based on what you know about Georgia? Because I think you could ask a million different people, and you could get a million different nuanced answers on that. Will Georgia be ready to play? Will Georgia be? Will Georgia have kind of that fire that 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 umph that it needs to go on the road and beat a team that's pretty hot right now? This roster of 85 players hasn't been in this situation. They haven't been in a pandemic. They haven't been locked, basically locked down every single weekend. They're not going out. They're not going to class or doing everything virtual. They're eliminated from the SEC championship game. Uh, this is a unique situation for this roster. Based off history, I would say they'll be ready to play. But, Jake, this is going to be one of those things we're going to find out. There's going to be a very big question answered Saturday from Georgia. This is a game they should win and they've got a better team. They're, they've got some confidence. It looks like offensively JT Daniels there. Um, you know, a couple of those things, maybe Jordan Davis is coming back, you know, getting a little healthy in your insider notes. Uh, but again, it's kind of hard to compare because no teams ever went through this. This is a brand new team of 85 is dealing with this. So, you know, uh, this going to be this answer. This question is going to be answered Saturday, and and I'm not dodging it. I'm just saying we don't have anything off of history to base it off of because of this is such a unique situation in 2020. Been a long time uh, for sure. I mean, with Georgia playing for something in 17, 18, and 19, um, you know, the last time I guess you could say Georgia didn't have anything to play for 
at this point in the season, you know, got a big win over Auburn, then lost the game to Georgia Tech. Um, you know, this is the kind of thing where you find out if those seeds of, of competition and pride and, and playing for the guy next to you and all that stuff really kind of uh, uh, take hold. And, um, you know, I, I guess we should know quite a bit because of the fact that Richard LeCount is practicing and Jordan Davis is practicing and the COVID cases haven't cropped up on them, you know, that everybody's kind of staying pretty much locked in. I think luck still has a lot to do with that, but, um, you know, there, there are some good indicators coming into it and, and, and I'm with you. I think Georgia's got to come and play well. I, I think it's got to have a B plus game or better, um, to, to take care of Missouri. If, if Missouri brings its a game and that's, uh, that's just kind of where these two teams are right now. And, it's it to me it has a lot more to do with how they're playing and the momentum and and what this game means to Missouri because this is Eli Drinkwitz's uh opportunity to kind of get a profile win here and you know Georgia wins well that's what they were supposed to do Kip uh going to you here and and, and talking about I guess well the question first question I asked Rusty was how have your feelings kind of unfolded about uh, on this game as the week has gone on uh w- what's that process been like for you Missouri is sneaky good. I think, you know, again, having a winning record in an all-conference schedule, I mean, that right there, like Rusty said, I mean, I would have thought this would have been a 3-7 and team. Uh, If you were asking me to kind of overall project them this year, I mean, for them to play as well as they have, I mean, the roster just really doesn't stand out, you know, in the conference. And you're starting a, a freshman quarterback, that again, if you're picking him in a lineup, he doesn't really stand out, I guess, physically, just compared to some of the other quarterbacks in the league. But uh, Connor Basilic is is performed really well. He's he's very poised um, for a guy that has seven starts. I, I think that he just again makes good decisions. Isn't going to win, you know, the longest throw competition, but it's good enough, and he's mobile enough. He, he I think he just kind of checks all the boxes as far as having what you need to perform well in this league, but maybe not being an elite in any area. I think in his mental approach, obviously as a first year quarterback, first year starting quarterback has, has been very good as well. It Missouri's just a team that it's just one of those teams where they don't make a ton of mistakes. Their defense is a lot better than they're getting credit for. I mean, you look there, they're in the top five in the in the conference in offense and defense, and I just think that alone is just impressive. That that kind of stood out to me as well. That they're they're outstanding offensively in the red zone, and they don't they don't turn the ball over a lot. And so, I mean that 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 creates a lot of challenges for for Georgia defensively, you know. And that's kind of been if we're looking at Georgia's season and what we thought going in, we talked all along about Georgia's defense they've had guys that have gotten hurt but and this is definitely a you know gut check game for that defense I mean they have not performed up to expectations regardless of who's in the lineup and Missouri as Rusty said they can put points on the board so I agree with Rusty this is just has all the makings of a game that is going to challenge Georgia, challenge, you know, their their desire and their effort level. And I'm interested to see who shows up, which Georgia team shows up on Saturday. 
Rusty, give me a key matchup before we jump into a break real quick. I, I just want to hear your thoughts on, on a matchup, whether it's key to the outcome of the game or one you're really interested in watching. You know, can Georgia get some pressure on him? You know, I think Kip hit on the head there, talking about how poised their freshman quarterback is. And, um, he, you know, at this point, he's no longer a freshman. He, he's basically a, a seasoned sophomore. And, you know, can they give him some different things? Can they dial up those pressures and, um, you know, get after him a little bit and try to force him to do some things they don't want to do? Uh, you know, I think offensively for Georgia, Missouri is going to give you some opportunities on the edge. So I think JT Daniels is going to going to take his shots. I think there'll be a couple of 50-50 balls, those types of plays, where he'll just say, you know, our guy's better than your guy. But I'm very interested in how Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning attack this true freshman uh, and this freshman quarterback and, and what they bring at him. Are they going to kind of sit back a little bit? Is Adam Anderson going to be that guy, uh, the third down guy he has been in the past? So, uh, to me, it's how they're going to attack him defensively. And, you know, can the Georgia defensive backs who, who you know, they've taken some criticism and, and they've gave up big plays. We're not going to sit here and take up. But I want to see them with a little bit better ball skills. They're making they're, – they're covering guys. They're just sometimes just not making plays. And, you know, the Mark Webb touchdown, Mississippi State, you look at Tyson Campbell, a couple of plays here and there where they, they're all over the guy. They're just not making a play. So – you know, can they get to the next level and, and, and bat some balls away and, and maybe get an INT here and there, easy turnover, a pick six, something like that defensively? Absolutely. Definitely a game changer there, uh, getting him to make a few mistakes that he doesn't make very many of them. And uh, touchdown-interception ratio is not that, Im not that impressive. They've scored most of their touchdowns on the ground this year, the vast majority of them on the ground. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, if you can create some mistakes in the passing game, um, that's huge. Let's jump into a break real quick. And on the other side, me and Kip going to give our uh, key matchups in this game. All right, Kip, on to you, man. What matchup are you either most interested in watching or do you think is most integral to the, to the outcome of this game? I think it's clear that Georgia's secondary has to step up in this game. That's what basically what I was hitting at before when I was talking about what I'm seeing from Missouri. The defense overall has still been very solid. Uh, I think most would argue it's probably the second best in SEC overall this year. But Florida and Alabama, I mean, th those teams got over 400 yards on them. Uh, I think Mississippi State, Tennessee, Arkansas, you know, they, they all got over 200 yards. And as I said, Connor Basilic is getting better each week. He had 318 yards against Vanderbilt, had 380 against Arkansas. Not throwing a ton of touchdown passes, but at the same time, uh, he is pr playing very well. And these DBs, I mean, they're going to have to be focused and they're going to have to not give up the big play. I think that's the key in the game for Georgia. And, I mean, you look at the schedule now that we know a lot more. We've played the games, you know, potentially have another game next week that, you know, we hope Georgia can get in. But this is the third best team Georgia's going to play this year. And, and you take away that loss at, at, to Tennessee, and Missouri's basically played as well as Georgia has this year. Look at them against Alabama. I mean, 38-19. That's a respectable game against what you know that Alabama offense. You look at the Florida game, 41-17. Again, 
not much different than than you know the Georgia outcome. I mean, they they got beat pretty handily in those games, but those teams are pro- likely going to the playoff. So I mean, they lost to the same caliber teams that Georgia's lost to, and I mean, they it looks like they have a fairly healthy roster. So this secondary is going to have to step up and and play well, maybe play its best game of the year so that Georgia can go out there and perform the the way that they expect to. And again, maybe some people were caught off guard by, you know, Georgia only being a 12 and a half point favorite, but I I think that that's spot on. I think that that's right where Georgia should be. And if, if they play as expected, then, you know, that should be close to the outcome, but it's definitely dependent on that secondary not getting up big plays because this thing can go sideways in a hurry. You know, I made the point about how big this game is, and I definitely think this game's losable, and I think avoiding a loss, getting a win in Missouri, your fifth straight in Columbia, Missouri's big. So uh, that's all out there. But I also kind of have to say this. This is actually a really good matchup for Georgia, and here's why. If you look at Missouri's games this year, it has five of, of, of its eight games – where it has failed to average at least four yards a carry. In those five games, Missouri's averaging 17 points a game. I don't think – Missouri's defense is, is okay. It's, pretty, it's, it's, it's above average. But I don't think 17 points is going to beat George on, on Saturday. I just don't. So, you know, if you look at that, you get some snaps from Jordan Davis – you, you still look at Georgia's run defense. I mean, listen, I know South Carolina was missing some guys against Georgia, but Missouri went for two, 2.88 a carry against South Carolina. And that run defense is nothing really to write home about, okay? Kentucky's run defense, a little better. Missouri went for three and a half a carry. Ran a million plays, too, by the way. I mean, a ton of plays. You know, it, it went one for 1.74 a carry against Florida, uh, two a carry against Alabama, 3.4 a carry against uh, against Tennessee. Those games averaged out 85 points in five games, which is 17 points a game. So I think that's something to me that is a huge thing in this game. If Georgia's run defense shows up, you make Missouri one-dimensional, which is something people haven't been able to do lately. Now, it's worth noting that Missouri's coming off a couple games where it's I mean, it's rushed for almost 500 yards in the past two games. Now, that was against Arkansas and Vanderbilt. Arkansas's run defense sure did a good job against Georgia early in the year, but um, it's kind of shown some shown some flex here of late. But I think Georgia's got to stop the run because this offense runs through Larry Roundtree. This offense runs through the ability to run the football in. I mean, you know, 17 rushing touchdowns this year for, for Missouri, uh, and that – that is, you put that up beside seven passing touchdowns this year. I mean, the, the, the object of the game is to score points, and you've got 10 more rushing touchdowns than you do passing touchdowns. I think that's big. Obviously, the secondary needs to play. If, any, if college football has taught us anything over the past three or four years, it's that your secondary had better come to play. Because if teams are stretching the field on you and hitting shots over the top and you're not winning some 50-50 balls and getting that pigskin on the, on the ground – you're you're in you're in a world of hurt and and so that's a given to me i i I don't disagree with y'all but i do think that that stopping the run is the key to beating missouri because it when they haven't been able to run the ball they haven't been able to put up points and and i see georgia scoring 30 plus in this game and uh we'll get into more of that when we get into predictions 
All right, Rusty, it's your turn, man. Let's jump into these predictions real quick. Give me a score, and and uh, if you're picking Georgia to win, give me a player to game. Um, I'm going to pick Georgia to win, but I want to say one comment. Missouri Open with Alabama at home played very well the second half, lost 38-19. They beat LSU at home. They beat Kentucky at home. They beat Vandy at home, and they beat Arkansas at home. They have played well in – Columbia. Um, I think this is going to be a four quarter game. I, I just, for, I just, I do. I, I, I see this as a. I'm going to say 21 to. Uh, I'm going to say 21 to 13 to start the fourth quarter, and I'm going to say Georgia scores one to put it away, and I, I'm, I'm going to go Georgia 28 to 13. It's cold. Um, it's late in the year. Missouri's got a ton of momentum. I think they just find a way to keep this game interesting for four quarters, and and they've been pretty dadgum tough at home. Were they four and one, five and one at home, four and one at home? Um, so I just think this is going to be a, a game. Um, I think that George is going to find a way, and uh, I'm going to go with Zamir White. I'm going to go with Zamir White. I think he's going to going to get the yards he needs. I think JT Daniels is certainly going to be throwing the ball around more than what we've seen uh, in the past couple of games. But um, I think Zamir White's still still a hammer. And uh, I think he goes for 115, 120, and two touchdowns. That's a good pick because Missouri is uh, is one of eight teams in the SEC allowing more than four yards of carry. So uh, it's a, teams haven't run the ball a ton against them. You know, if you look at attempts – uh, they've they've had like the fewest, some of the fewest in the SEC against them, which is you know I guess is uh, I really don't know what to make of it. Be honest with you, uh, maybe they're shortening games. I'm not real sure what's going on with that. Maybe they're possessing the ball and and that's kind of keeping it away from teams. But uh, they are averaging four a carry, and that's uh, that's something that you can that Georgia should be able to work with there. Kip, what what's your uh, what's your take on a score or player of the game? This one's a little bit tougher for me because I think in this game, you know, we've kind of seen each side of Georgia's offense, one side kind of, you know, dominate. I think this is kind of a balanced game for Georgia. I think it's it's just one of those where I, I think JT is going to have, you know, 20, 25 throws in this game. But I also think that the running backs are going to get a lot of work too. So I do think that, you know, Missouri's defense, I mean, they allowed – 566 yards last week, week against Arkansas. I, I think that, as you said, Missouri's defense has been pretty strong most of the year, but when teams like to run the ball regularly and do a good job of it, they kind of struggle in, in that aspect. So I think in this game, while Missouri's going to try to control the tempo and, and convert third downs, maybe try to control that clock, I don't think they're going to have a lot of success you know, against Georgia's defense doing that as far as that run game is concerned. Uh, I I got Georgia winning this game. I'm going to go 31 to 20. And my player of the game is going to be JT Daniels. I think and this is one of those games where hitting your playmakers is important. I could see James Cook getting, you know, a lot of action as well. But I think this JT making the right decisions on the road and, and you know, getting Georgia in the right plays and 
making those plays when it counts, when they get in the red zone, uh, you know, an aspect of, of their game that still could use some development. And I think this is a good test for him. Just trying to get maintain that chemistry with your pass catchers, but also just make good decisions for Georgia's offense so that they can kind of, you know, kind of shut this one down and 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 make sure that Missouri doesn't walk away with, with a signature win, you know, to end the season. So I like JT in this game. We'll see what happens. Well, I, I, there's another matchup in this game that intrigues me, and it's Tyler Beatty, their pass-catching running back, who's kind of gotten after it a little bit lately. Had over 100 yards against Vanderbilt, against Georgia's linebackers. I wrote about it earlier today. Uh, I think that's something that that could play key in this game. And, um, you know, that's uh, Georgia has not covered backs well out of the backfield, haven't covered tight ends well in, in some of these games. I mean, they've, they've allowed a 100-yard running back this year. I think a couple 100-yard tight ends are, are close to that. So that's something to watch out for. But I, count me as a believer and in, in, in what's going on at Georgia and the fact that Georgia's going to be ready to play. I think Georgia's defense gets a shot in the arm from, from, from uh, the return of Jordan Davis. Uh, I th- Even if he's only able to play 10, 15 snaps, I think they get a shot in the arm of having him back. He's a beloved figure on that football team, an underratedly beloved figure on that football team. Um, so I think the defense comes to play. I think Georgia does a good job of stopping the run, maybe shows some flex early on against the pass, but then they tighten up on it in the second half like they've done pretty often this year. Um, but I think the offense is going to have a pretty solid day. And 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 I'm with you, Kip. I think it's going to be more of a balanced effort, and it's going to be more of a balanced effort in terms of production, not so much in attempts because – I don't see Georgia going out there in that freezing cold. Maybe there's a little wind, a little mist and rain, and just airing it out. I think you're going to see JT Daniels be somewhere around 20 to 22 yard, 20 to 20, 20 to 22 attempts, maybe 15 to 22 attempts if you want to make the window a little bit larger. But I think they're going to count, and and I, I like him to average 10, 11 yards per attempt. I think that's very possible. Uh, but I do think the run game kind of gets going. And, and I like the Zamir White pick, Rusty. But from what I saw from Kenny McIntosh, you know, Zamir White has just really dominated the touchdown war uh, with Georgia's running backs this year. I think Kenny McIntosh is the guy who's going to have an opportunity to do that. I think he's going to catch one and, and run for one, maybe two more, and have a big game. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia 38, uh, uh, Missouri 17. I, I, I think Georgia's going to come out ready to play. And I think going into the fourth quarter, um, I think Georgia's going to have a two- or three-score lead and, and it adds on to it then. But uh, but I like Georgia to play well in this game. I, I like Georgia's – I like the matchups for Georgia. And uh, ultimately, I think Georgia's also going to kind of wear them down a little bit. I know it's co- a little cooler outside. It's a little tougher to wear a team down. But uh, Missouri – is close to that that threshold. I think Eli Drinkwitz said earlier this week, fifty nine players uh, as of or as of the middle of the week were going to be available to play. So this is a game where Georgia should be able to kind of wear them down a little bit. And and I just don't think Missouri's going to be able to run the ball effectively enough to get the pass game going and to explore Georgia's defense and and to kind of play catch up there. So that's definitely my pick there. Any parting shots on the game? Anything you guys want to point out that uh, that we might need to be watching for? I'm just glad I, I get to watch this from the warmth of my home because that weather 
making that making that walk to the car to cover Nylon Green's uh, announcement earlier this week, and it being about 35, 34 degrees, uh, that had me sending Rusty angry texts. I was I was not feeling that, and so I'm just thinking about how much heat I'm going to be, you know, turning on on Saturday just to make sure it's nice and you know 60 68 69 degrees in the house and and enjoying that game you know from the comfort of my couch because the I, 35 degrees 40 degrees and and it rain precipitation no thank you yeah yeah, yeah um you know the, i do think the weather is going to be a little bit of a factor um the, it looks like the showers is 45 percent chance of rain there's some wind, 12 mile an hour winds, which uh, you know they say affects a game more so than than precipitation. Um, 41 degrees outside, not ideal, but also listen, man. I, I put this on Twitter earlier this week. Rusty, did, did you happen to be at the Georgia Auburn game in 1997? Yes, I was. It was so freaking cold. That Rusty, that was the wind was blowing up to about 15, 20 miles an hour that night, and it was like. I looked at the almanac earlier this week. God, I'm a nerd, okay? But I looked at an almanac, an online one, and it said Athens, I think, was 27 degrees that yeah. night. Yeah. Rusty, if it was 27 degrees, it's 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 it must be like 75 out first thing in the morning right now because that was the coldest I've ever been in my life. I had a buddy that actually thought it was a good idea to pour hot chocolate down in his boots. And that probably felt good for probably about 30, 45 minutes. And then when it got cold and hot chocolate froze to his sock and toe, um, probably wasn't his best decision. But I'll be honest with you, he had hydrated pretty well all day long. And sometimes you don't make the best decisions. But I certainly remember that night. And um, that was senior night for, for Mike Bobo and all that staff and all that crew. And Coming off a big Florida win, and Damian Craig and Dekeo Spikes and those guys came to Athens, and they were ready to play ball. They had just lost to Mississippi State, like got hammered, like 38 to nothing. Same day Georgia beat Florida. Come to Athens, Georgia's one loss, top 10 team, and they just they just took care of business uh, on that night. And uh, I'd like to also point out that Atkinson County High School football standout Jeffrey Dunlap caught an interception. For Auburn in that game, a little tip pass, uh, came down with it, uh, made a big play in that game. But yeah, I, I was there for that one. I, I remember I was up in the 300 level, and uh, uh, some dude came came uh, and sat beside us with one of those uh, Minute Maid lemon ices, and I couldn't wrap my head around. I said, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen anybody do." And he got tired of holding that thing. He threw it off the off the deck, mostly full. I don't even want to know what happened to the person who caught that in the body. I bet it felt like a cannonball, but, uh, you see some weird things in the Sanford stadium stands and it's been a long time since I've been in them a really long time, but you see some weird things up there. But that night was one of the coldest. The 2014 game was when Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb both went for over a hundred yards. Todd Gurley had a, uh, kickoff return for a touchdown call back. Our man Gentry, uh, was up in the press box with me. That was also very cold night extremely cold night I, I watched a, a a beat reporter sit in a uh, plate of salsa that night as well and uh, that that wasn't very good because he froze he literally froze his uh, his arse off uh, that night but uh all right well we'll we'll, we'll squash the story time real quick and uh, and, and get everybody get back to their day but for this episode of the junkyard dog cast hey, 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 hey what do, we got do a, a break in jake you done with christmas shopping <laughs> 
<laughs> no, man. I mean, my listen. I've got. I married a saint. I married an absolute saint back in 2012, and she handles the Christmas shop. And I, we don't have a Christmas tree up yet. Our Christmas tree shedded so bad last year that we said we got to wait. And so uh, it that thing was almost dead by Christmas Day. So uh, we, uh, we we're gonna go get a Christmas tree this weekend, probably on Sunday. Um, but but yeah, I, I think our Christmas shopping's done. But you'd have to ask my saint of a wife. Yep. We just buy what we want when we want it. <laughs> That's the system we have. So neither of us, you know, we don't we don't get disappointed on, on Christmas. But man, we had we had all of our Christmas decorations up at least a month ago. Uh, she does not hesitate. Uh, we had fall decorations, uh, you know, earlier in the year. Uh, that 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 stuff goes up. I'm going up to the attic like the first day possible that she declares it to be, you know, uh, holiday season in, in the house. But uh, so you know, a couple of clicks of 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 the mouse there, and you know, Christmas is usually taken care of pretty quickly. So you know, we're 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 pretty happy and excited for you know for Christmas this year. It should go pretty well. I finally became yeah you've got a brood to buy for you've got like a team they tell you what i I, they get on to me about not buying stuff for myself and you know what the way 2020 has sucked and i was watching christmas vacation the other night and said, you know what this time so today i opened up my brand new set of my moose uh eggnog glasses that him and uh randy uh, uncle eddie were drinking out of when Standing by the Christmas tree, so I've got a brand new set of um, some moose eggnog glasses from Christmas Vacation, and by God, I'm gonna drink some eggnog out of them this weekend. I got a lot of respect for anybody that can stomach eggnog, dude. I can't. Oh man, you gotta make it just right. It turns me over, dude. I, I just I can't mess with it. I can't do the nutmeg. It was disgusting. But you gotta get on that. the you gotta get on the coquito, man. The coquito's the uh, the coconut Puerto Rican version. Uh, of eggnog that's where it's at lord have mercy we probably should end on that one yeah we're gonna have to because um i don't know man both of those sound disgusting i'm not gonna lie all right that's it for this junkyard dog cast i'm jake rowe dogs 24 7 they're kip adams rusty mansell from the same place you guys take it easy <laughs>